Hi, I'm Mac. Hi, I'm Abigail. And this is Unsubs. This is the podcast where we recap each episode of Criminal Minds. We also rate each episode and have an in-depth discussion about the episode. Today, we're recapping Season 1, Episode 10. It's been 10 episodes. Ugh, 10 episodes! I know you've been listening to this probably over, like, nine weeks. Um, because we're releasing episode, we released episode one and two together, but we recorded all 10 of these episodes within like probably eight days. We did actually quite literally a week. We started this time last week. So, um, if you're a crazy person like me, that means that you've recorded a total of 14 separate podcast episodes in one week. (laughs) Yes. Listen, I, when I say I have no chill, oh, I have okay. no chill. Yeah, that is, that's insane. Um, okay, my fun fact is that um, one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Bechdel cast, which I love them. Um, they're amazing. I've gone twice to, this is like way pre-COVID, like before COVID was like even a thing at all. Um, I went to two of their live shows and I bought their merch. So I wore this sweater that had like the Bechtel cast and one of their like iconic designs on it. And the first time they called me out um, in the audience. And then the second time they also called me out. And hopefully one day I can go and support them and see them again in person. That would be really nice. I want to see more of it in person. Oh, that would be awesome. People will want to see us in person, Abigail. And when you move to New York to be with me, then uh, they can. When I move to New York to start my podcast empire. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. My fun fact of the day um, is that I've already said it, but I have no chill. And you can, if you listen to episode seven, when I'm like buzzing off the rails for no reason, you can kind of hear it. I that was insane I haven't in in like the time span of when we've been doing this for like a week I haven't even like touched that audio yet and I'm I'm a little concerned (laughs) about what it will be like when I get in there and I'm like like you know looking at those um those sound bites um it'll be so much fun (laughs) okay so disclaimer do you want to do it this week you can do it I'll do the disclaimer then you can do the rating criteria Fuck yeah. So first of all, this is a disclaimer that we are in no way associated with the television show. Uh, first, a disclaimer. You had one job. I had one fucking job. One fucking job. Okay. You fucked it up. I'm, so- I'm never going to let you do the disclaimer again. Let me get- okay, second chance, second chance. Okay. First okay, of okay. all, first a disclaimer, we are in no way associated with the television show Criminal Minds. We are just fans. So the rate, the rating criteria, each of these categories, there's five of them. We score out of 20 possible points. And it is possible for a category to get 20 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the highest we've ever given something was like a 79? 70, yeah. Was think- it the 75 we gave the Fox? Yeah, I don't think we've broken 80 yet. Just because we're judgy, we're judgy little bitches, but... 
you know, um, I don't think that like, I've been thinking about that a lot. And like, I don't think like the combined total says as much as like the individual scores, because like giving the background characters, all of them a 20 in the Fox was kind of like a move. But anyways, um, we rate the criminal slash serial killer, how believable they are, um, if they're interesting. Character development slash character arcs of the main characters, so the BAU cast themselves. Forensics slash context, the script writing of the episode, and the background characters. So, we open on Mass and Nutton. <laughs> What the fuck is with these names in Virginia? Like, fuck off, Virginia. Mass, mass, mass nutton. <laughs> That's what it said. It's like M A S S A N U T T N. Massotten, Massanutton, Mountain in McAllister. It's too many M's already. Uh, Virginia. So Cherish Hansen and her boyfriend, Adam Lloyd, are out for their morning jog. They split up so Cherish can rest because, you know, women be weak. This is when I texted you that I was screaming at my computer, girl, no, you do not split up. John Mulaney taught us all that you don't let them take you to a secondary location, but I think step one is that you don't split up. You do not split up. If you are a blonde girl and you are with a man and you go, hmm, let's split up, you're going to get got. That's what that's what all of the murder horror tropes tell you. <laughs> um, they split up so Cherish can rest because you know women be weak. Um, this was a wild um scene. Cherish hears branches breaking and she gets freaked out and she rushes to catch up with Adam. There are a whole bunch of like sounds. There's like whispering, animal sounds, wolves. I heard. I was like, what? At first, I was like, what are you spooked about? Like, I thought we were going to see another person. And then I was like, oh, it's just the nature ambiance. You know, maybe she doesn't go out much. Yeah. So she's freaked out. She runs to meet Adam at the point where they agreed to meet, and she finds him unconscious on the ground. And at first, we think he's just unconscious, but then she kind of turns him a little bit, and his head has been like smashed in by a rock. We cut to BAU headquarters in Quantico, Virginia. Reed confides to Morgan that he's been having nightmares about the job. Um, and Morgan p- shuts him down pretty hard and says, you got to talk to Gideon about this. JJ introduces the BAU team to the case. We discover that another body has been found at the Adam Lloyd crime scene with almost identical wounds. However, this body has decayed and it's much older. The BAU has been called in specifically because the there's a tree that's like kind of standing over where that body was found. And on the tree, there's a satanic star and in the inscription, Satan lives LOD. Um, so the BAU has been called in because this is a possible satanic cult. On their private jet, and I, but I put in parentheses, don't worry, the location is only a half hour away, so not much taxpayer money had to be wasted to do this. I'm like, you guys are contributing so much to, like, pollution. Yeah, come on. I mean, a half hour by jet, like, how long is that by car, is what I'm saying. 
The FBI has apparently looked into satanic cults extensively and not found that there is any evidence of murderous satanic cults. Gideon says that most of the Satanism they see is actually juveniles damaging property, desecrating churches and cemeteries. To Gideon's knowledge, there has never been a proven case of satanic ritual killing in the United States. Cut to the crime scene at the Massutton Mountains in McAllister. Um, the whole BAU team is there, including JJ. And I was like, why is she here? Like, it's, it's good that she's here in the long run because she's helpful. But like, why does she come on this trip? Why are they making her ruin her nice boots on this hike? Reed determines that the older body was a male victim, and they also notice that there's candle wax burned into the bones of this victim. Cherish's mother heard about Adam Lloyd's murder, and she comes running out of the woods to the crime scene to tell the police that her daughter was out running with Adam this morning, which we already knew. Sheriff Bridges sets up a search party for Cherish, and Gideon asks him to use locals, knowing that the unsub will show up. Right. JJ talks to Sheriff Bridges and confides that she grew up in a small town and she talks him into using locals saying that they will be more familiar with the territory and that the BAU will supervise them and make sure that if evidence is uncovered, um, locals won't accidentally tamper with it. JJ Reed and Sheriff Bridges head back to town. We meet Corey Bridges, Sheriff Bridges' son, who is an intellectual who's reading Nietzsche um, and he hates football, but he has to play it because his dad wants him to, which I wrote then quit. Yeah. And he and Reed have like a little bonding moment. Yeah, they do. They have a little bonding, a sweet bonding sesh. Um, and he's like, I want to be a profile too. The whole town shows up to help search for cherish Garcia runs backgrounds on everyone who turned out to help. We learned that Reverend Paul, who's one of the searchers, was arrested for tax fraud. Um, there's also a man named Henry Dent, who was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Um, and of course, who who is he working with, if you had to take a guess? It's L, because let's put the one female profiler in danger at all times. So, of course, I wrote, of course he's with Elle because the show is sexist. Um, cut to Dent staring at Elle's ass. Um, however, Elle finds a bloodied note that says, Satan commands the virgin be sacrificed at the next full moon. I love that he was, and what's that? And she goes, blood. And I was like, girl, it's so obvious that this is covered in blood. Like, why did, it, why, why did they have such a delayed reaction? Amazing. Back at the BAU's base at the McAllister Fields office, Hotch tells Reed that everyone has nightmares. And we find out that obviously Morgan told him, which bothers Reed. And Hotch is ready to give the profile to the McNaughton Mountain McAllister police. Okay, so the profile of killer cults. Uh, usually are led by people who are charismatic and megalomaniac, which means you are, like, obsessed with your own power. People who are not in his group will see him as strange, weird, or scary. 
their followers are probably possibly teenagers uh they might like heavy metal music and like also the way that they emulate and dress will reflect that but they also cannot resist injecting themselves into the investigation and must in this case specifically must be a local so it is a little confusing because at points earlier in the episode, they're talking about how it's like a well-traveled trail, but I guess it's more like a local trail. As someone who is an avid hiker um, and watching this episode, it looks like it's a trail that like doesn't have a lot of markers or is like not set up to be a like regular like touristy hiking spot it looks like one that people who live in the area would be very familiar with but as a like non-local you wouldn't be able to like navigate it as well if that makes sense right in regards to this profile they did reference uh manson quite a lot um i should have i should have shared that for my fun fact for this episode that i actually love cults i think cults are really really interesting and i find them to be really fascinating to research (laughs) let's get back to this this is another crazy moment i'm just gonna come out and tell you guys right away Corey bridges names um michael zizzo as a prime suspect and michael zizzo is paid is played by um aaron paul from Breaking Bad, and also from BoJack Horseman, if you've seen that, he plays um, Todd. Amazing. He's a wonderful actor, Um, but he's really young in this, and it's kind of cool to see him when he was not super famous. So he's fully decked out in, like, the goth apparel with, like, the eyeshadow and all of that. Like for my high school brand. Yeah, me as well, man. Like, I was there. Um, (laughs) he, He and his followers call themselves the Lords of Destruction, and, you know, a.k.a. L.O.D. Zizzo apparently talks about Satan all the time and hangs out and gets high in abandoned houses. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. <laughs> yeah, having a great time. Um, so the BAU team goes to raid Zizzo's hangout. So they arrest him. And I wrote, and why do I feel like I'm watching the interrogation of Damien Eccles from the West Memphis Three? <laughs> That's what I kind of dive into a little bit um, later in this because I was watching this and I was like, this is literally the West Memphis Three and it's making me mad. The main thing is that Zizzo is, he basically calls the BAU out on their shit. I didn't get the exact quote, but he basically says, you are persecuting us because of the music we're listening to and the clothes we're wearing when we're just teenagers hanging out and like smoking weed. Um, and he freaks out a little bit when he sees the LOD and the Hail Satan. And he's like, I've never seen this before in my life. And he's like, very, uh, like, looks very believable. He says they, quote, drop, draw stars upside down, get drunk and listen to heavy metal music and don't kill people. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Reed confronts Morgan for telling everybody about his um, nightmares Um, And at first you're like, yeah, Reed, you tell him um, Morgan's a jerk. But then Morgan opens up to Reed and he says that he had nightmares for six months after he started the BAU. So he talked to Gideon, which is who he told Reed to talk to from the get go. And he said that Gideon really helped him work through this. 
So while they're having this conversation at this at this abandoned house that Corey Bridges, the Sheriff Bridges' son, told them to go to, Corey Bridges shows up and he's panicking and he's acting his little heart out. And he's like, you haven't found Cherish? And he's like, have you guys searched the outbuilding? And they're like, we didn't even know there was an outbuilding. And I'm like, I don't know what an outbuilding is. Everyone is like, what's an outbuilding? And they're like, okay. And he's like, let me take you there. Um, And they get to the building and there is an LOD insignia on it. So you're like, oh shit, oh shit. Gideon and the rest of the team is about to head out. And he notices one of Cherish's friends, another cheerleader, Brandy Dryfort has come. um, And she's kind of like standing around and looking like she wants to talk to someone. So he's like, okay, I got to find out what's going on. She confides to Gideon that the older skeleton that was found with the head wound that was that was like the same as Adam Lloyd's actually was someone who died um, a year ago. She says that he was a tourist who was hiking and fell off the trail and died accidentally. However, all the McAllister town kids knew about it and they would come back sporadically to check on the decomposing body instead of reporting him to the police, even though he definitely was like missing and people, his family was like, where is he? I, for, for me, I felt the script writing of this episode really like told it like it was. And I felt like it was really on point. And there's this moment, there was this moment where she goes, we wanted something just for us, something that wasn't for our parents. And Gideon, you see, Mandy again like he's such a good actor he was just you just saw him processing this and he was like that was the human being that you guys did this to like you are responsible for this person but the main point is that Brandy tells Gideon that the pentagram and candles were just put at the crime scene that when the um, person died accidentally a year ago they weren't there she also tells him that the only kids who didn't know about the corpse was were Zizzo and the LOD. We cut back to Morgan Reed and Sheriff's son, Corey Bridges. Morgan goes inside um, and he finds Cherish dead. Corey's the unsub, guys. Morgan also knows that Corey's the unsub. What I wasn't able to place is when does Morgan call it? I think Morgan called it when the outbuilding, when he's like, oh, you guys haven't checked the outbuilding because how would he know about the outbuilding? So Morgan sent, Reed hasn't realized yet. So Morgan sends Reed back to the main abandoned house because they don't have any self-service at the outbuilding. Um, And Morgan and Corey stay with the body. So Corey confides to Morgan that he was hoping to be a profiler one day. And Morgan's like, oh, you've just slipped into my trap. Morgan's like, oh, so do you know what profilers do, right? And Corey's like, oh, yeah, I do. And Morgan's like, well, I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> At this point, we realize that it's not a killer cult. Those are in, those do exist, but not in the satanic way. Um, so it's really just an organized killer making a ruse and trying to throw people off his scent by doing a killer cult. Reed comes back still like unawares that Corey's the unsub and Corey's like a little, he's not a little kid. Like he's a teenager. Yeah. He's in high school. He's a teenager. Yeah. And he fucking takes Reed hostage with the gun. Yeah. Because the gun he stole from the police department because his dad works there. 
Right. Um, and Corey says while holding Reed hostage that he had intended to kill Adam because um, Adam always does that run. But Cherish was a mistake because she wasn't meant to be out with Adam that morning. But he had to kill her because she saw what he did to Adam. Morgan tackles both Reed and Corey <laughs> and Reed's like, why did you have to tackle me too? Um, and then they bring Corey into police custody. Gideon finally talks to Reed about um, the nightmares. He says that he keeps a picture of a girl that he saved from a kidnapper in his wallet. Quote, we don't always beat the monsters to the babies, but we do enough to make the job worth it to keep the nightmares bearable. And I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. And he says that like she calls every year or something to say like how she's doing. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, okay, so for my, like, profiling and, like, research, um, I did a little bit about Satanic Panic, but this wasn't as interesting as I thought it was going to be, so honestly, when we're editing, if you want to cut this, you can. Um, so Satanic Panic has also been called Moral Panic, and it's compared to the blood libel and, like, witch hunts and McCarthyism. So Stanley Cohen, who originated the term, uh, also calls it moral panic, and called satanic panic one of the purest cases of moral panic, which I thought was interesting. And then like in the episode, the um, initial investigations of satanic ritual abuse by anthropologists and sociologists failed to find any evidence of this actually occurring. Uh, and then, of course, what I kept thinking about, and you mentioned as well while watching this episode, was, of course, the West Memphis West Memphis 3. So if you want to jump in on some of this, I did a very vague outline of this. Because this is a huge, really sensationalized case, and it's really interesting and heartbreaking, so I highly suggest going and learning more about it. I've been meaning to watch Paradise Lost, and I still haven't. But so basically the West Memphis three was uh, three men were convicted as teenagers in 1994 for the murders of three young boys in 1993. And, and part of it was like, there, there was a lot of, I'm, I'm no, I'm jumping in right away. I can't keep my big mouth shut, but um, it, it's like one of those things where they are like literal children. Like, I think the youngest one was like 14, like children and the police use coercive interrogation techniques. And I think I forget which it's been a while since I've watched or heard anything about this, but one of the West Memphis three had, I don't know how to say this, but like, he was like a little bit slower yeah, he had a really, really, really low IQ to the point that, like, he could have or maybe was actually, like, classified as mentally handicapped. And he was the one that they coerced the confession out of. That was Jesse Miss Kelly, I believe. So basically, the three boys who were uh, accused with this was Damien Eccles, who was then sentenced to death. Jesse Miskelly Jr. was light, who got life in prison plus two 20 year sentences. And then Jason Baldwin, who was in life for, uh, for prison as well. And I, I think it was Jesse who was the one who was a, uh, they coerced a confession out of, but I might be switching him with Jason. So basically, during this trial, uh, the prosecution asserted that they had killed the children as a part of a satanic ritual. Um, and so there was, like, 
not a lot of evidence against them at all that could really be used. But there was a, a very large suspected presence of emotional bias in the court. And as a result, this case generated a lot of controversy in several documentaries. And a lot of this was because of the fact that they were in Arkansas, correct? Yes. Um, And so this was Bible Belt, very conservative, very white Christian, uh, you know, population. And these three boys, especially Damien, were very into heavy metal. They would dress very, you know, counterculture, a lot of gothic and more emo fashion. Because of that, they were easy targets to be pointed at. And a lot of them also uh, came from very troubled homes. So this all happened in the 90s, but in 2010, following a decision by the Arkansas Supreme Court regarding a newly produced uh, DNA evidence and potential juror misconduct, the West Memphis Three negotiated a plea bargain with prosecutors. And on August 19th, 2011, they entered an Alford plea, which allowed them to assert their innocence while acknowledging the prosecution may have enough evidence to convict them. So Judge David Lasser Lasser accepted the pleas and sentenced the the three to uh, to time served. So they were released with a 10-year suspended sentence, having served 18 years, which means that they are now free. Um, And Damien Eccles is no longer on death row. And it's really interesting. I've watched some interviews with him now. He's such an interesting person, and he's so emotionally intelligent. And, like, the way that he talked about, like, how he he used, like, you know, different forms of different spiritualities. I think he's, like, a Buddhist or something now. I'm not entirely sure. Um, And uh, he's now also a film producer, um, which is really cool. And the other really awful thing is that he's basically... Like, he has to wear glasses. If you look at photos of him now, he's always wearing sunglasses because he was in solitary confinement for such a long time that, like, seeing the sun, like, hurt his, like, hurts his eyes. That's so awful. Yeah, it's, it's so awful, like, what he and the others have endured, like, as a result of this. But I do really admire how outspoken he is about it. Also, this has nothing to do with anything, but he is kind of hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I know he does like podcasts. So Damien, if you want to come on, you have anything to say, we would love to have you on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Should we rate this episode? Let's talk about the criminal slash serial killer. Um, Even though we do find out in the end, I mean... I'm a little torn because we obviously this is not a killer cults movie, um, but they do spend a good portion of it kind of on that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little torn as well because I think, uh, like I said, I would have loved to have known more about him as a person. But I do think the whole setup for this case was really intriguing. Yeah, I also appreciate that the the writers of the show fully shut down all of that like satanic cult murderer stuff. Like they fully shut it down at every opportunity. Um, and I was like, I love that they're not giving it any credence. I don't know, like I don't know, fifteen. Yeah, I would say fifteen. Okay. Um, what about the character development slash character arcs? Obviously, we have to think about. Um, 
I mean, we heard from a lot of characters in the show and like learned things about them that we didn't know, like Gideon, Morgan Reed. Yeah, I would say 15. Yeah, I thought that was well developed. Um, Forensic slash context. They don't give us a profile, really. (laughs) No, they they don't. They give us the killer cult profile. um, But as we know, that doesn't end up being um, the ultimate profile. And the nature of the case doesn't really lend itself for building a profile. I, I don't know. Should we just like 15 the shit out of this episode? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling good about it. Like, uh, and for the script writing, I thought that it was really good. Like, I really did. 16. <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> what does this script have to do to get you to give a 20? My only complaint is that I kind of wish it was two episodes. All right. What about an 18? Sure. And what about the background characters? And I think we can think about, like, Zizzo... It was, they were good. Like, they weren't the most compelling, but I think they were good. All right, give it a 15. Give background characters a 15, so it gets a 78. Follow us on social media. Um, Instagram at unsubs uh, podcast and our website will be linked in the show notes follow my blog yournewapartment.tumblr.com and my podcast which is on hiatus uh, your new apartment on all of your favorite streaming services and you can find my podcast between stage and screen on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms as well as the Instagram page between stage and screen podcasts.